So I want to talk to you today about making the most of your moments, okay? Is that cool? Because we all got moments. And right now we're living in a time where God is, I feel like, abundantly pouring out the opportunities and the moments for us as a church and us as a people. And so I'm excited to see, you know, where God takes us. And every day you have a gift from God in moments. I mean, um, every day in your, your marriage, if you're married, okay, we got married people in here, you have opportunities and moments to pour into your significant other. And uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water the grass. And so, you know, a lot of us, we, we think, oh, if I would have just gotten married to who knows who, you know, then life would have just been way easier. She got me, right? When we were 14 and dating, she got me. She understood me. You know, and, and we have these preconceived ideas, but it's the moments that you grasp and pour into that you can get to where you want to go. So there's beautiful moments. There's moments with your children. I don't know if uh, any dads in the building can, can relate, uh, but you have those moments when you have a list of things to do. You know, some of them you've put on there, and some of, most of, most of them your wife put on there, okay? And you have a lot of things you want to get accomplished and do, and your kids are, are begging you, Daddy, come play with me. Come. And you have a moment right there to choose, you know, what will you do? You know, what will you pour into the next generation of you, the next generation of leaders, or, or will you keep on to your task? And, and a lot of times it's a hard balance. I'm not saying that one is better than the other because there are some times where daddy needs to work. Shut the door and be quiet. You know what I mean? There are times for that. But there are also times where, you know, it's time to come down to the level and take off the work and put on the relationship because it's a moment. Uh, there's moments in our life where we have conversations. I don't know if you've ever had these conversations where you can feel it. It's inundated. It's inundated with the opportunity for heaven to come down into your conversation. Normal conversation, you, it's just going like it's always going, and all of a sudden someone opens up randomly. I'm really having a bad day. I'm really stressed out. You know, I had this happen, and all of a sudden the heart, you feel it. It's coming open, and you get a glimpse. Okay, this is a moment. God's given me a moment. As we've been doing the coffee cart, you know, it's in those moments you're getting someone a cup of coffee and you're feeling good about it and you're just blessing everybody. And then there's that one person. It's like, man, I'm just really struggling this week, but I, this is an amazing moment. And you're like, whoa, heart just opened just a little bit. And so those moments, and we have to make the most of the moments or we'll miss out on the opportunities uh, that God has for us. Anybody ever mess up a moment or miss an opportunity? You know, if you, you know, you're not saying yes, you're probably lying, okay? Because all of us have missed a moment. Um, I remember back like it was yesterday, and this is really weird, but I was like six or seven. It was a spring. It was getting to be spring, so everybody still had their jackets on. You could still see your breath. And went out to the playground, because as a kid, you know, there's only two things you think about. What kind of jelly your mom put on your peanut butter and jelly and recess, okay? Those are the only two things going through your brain. And so we're at recess, my favorite classroom, right? So we get out there, and I'm at my spot, okay? There's wood chips all around, you know, the wood chips that get in your shoe. <laughs> I hate those things, man. It's the worst. When they went to turf, I praise Jesus. But there's the wood chips, and they got in your shoes and all, but I was at the tetherball court. Y'all remember tetherball? I was like, 
I was Napoleon Dynamite of Tetherball, okay? I mean, I was just the boss, and so I was loving it, and I remember like it was yesterday, there's this uh, kid with special needs named Zach, and Zach and me, we had a thing. Uh, I just, I loved him to death, and I remember seeing out of the corner of my eye while I was playing tetherball, whipping the other guy's butt, because he's not here to defend himself, so I was whipping his butt, and I saw these older kids come onto the playground and start messing with Zach. Now, I don't know about you, but there's something in me that rises up when there's bullying going on. And so I, I can't stand it. I mean, it's just something that is, is in me that uh, makes a holy righteous anger. You know, I want to go shave some heads, you know, tar and feather some people. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. We're playing tetherball, but I'm, I'm just a little kid, and, and I grew up in a godly house. I mean, I was just blessed from, from I think I got saved at five, you know, from stealing crayons at, you know, daycare. I don't know what I got saved from, but I got saved. And so I, I, I grew up all my life knowing how to treat people and how to love on people and, in a godly manner. Uh, so as I'm watching Zach, all of a sudden these kids are starting to get violent and push him into the ground. And now Zach is coming up with all these wood chips all over his face and in his hair. And, he, and he's crying. And I remember seeing him. And I felt it. It was the moment. You ever have those? At a moment, I was like, I gotta do something. Now I'm six or seven, there's not much I could do besides go tell the teacher, you know, blow the whistle on the whistleblower. But Zach, he gave me a look like it was just a big old cry for help. And I don't know if you've ever had that where you, you see it in someone's eye that they're, they're crying out for something. They don't know what it is, but they're crying out for something. And I did nothing. And I remember the rest of the day, all I did was cry. Just thinking about Zach and that opportunity that I had to help him and step up for him. And I did nothing. And it stuck with me. And, and you know, mistakes are funny because they can either motivate you or moderate you. They can either motivate you or moderate you. And, and so your, your mistakes, they have the power to push you to do greater things in your life. Because you say, I will never do that again. In fact, if there's 10 Zacks around, I will step up for every single one of them. Or they will moderate you. And you know what moderate means? It's seriously to put reasonable limits around yourself. Not limits that don't make sense. Limits that are totally reasonable. They're excusable. They make sense. Why well, I, I don't know how to or I, I'm not good at or I, I'm not the right person. I mean, these are totally excuses. I was brought up like this. My dad was like this. My mom treated me like this. You know, I had friends that turned their back on me. I had this girlfriend and she left me. You know, like all this stuff can happen in your life that give you reasonable limits in your life to say, I'm not good enough and I shouldn't be able to do this. Or they can maximize and, and motivate you to go for everything God it, it wants you to go for. And, uh, the, but the mind games, the mind games are the things that always get me, is when you're in a situation and all of a sudden the mind games happen. There's about three mind games that, that go on in my head, is that the mind game of inadequacy, the mind game of incapability, and the mind game of insufficiency. So I have the inadequacy, I don't have what it takes, I don't have the skills. The incapability, again, I'm not capable of this. And the insufficiency, I don't have the resources enough. I don't know if you've ever felt that, especially when you're dealing with those uh, underprivileged or, or kids that are from uh, abusive homes or anything. You feel like you don't have what it takes in order to give them what they need. 
You know, I don't know if you've ever been there, but you feel it. But it's the mind games. But you need to learn, and this is, the, this is a powerful scripture we're going to look at, but you need to learn what to fight for and what to forget. You need to learn what to fight for and learn what to forget. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love that scripture. There's just something about capturing things and putting them into obedience with Christ that makes me excited. It gets me pumped. And I used to read this and think that it was all bad thoughts that we're capturing. Well, it's the thoughts of lust and the thoughts of anger and the thoughts of sin and the thoughts of all that. And I used to think that was all it was. But then you read, we take captive every thought. Meaning there's two sides of this. There's the good thoughts, and then there's the bad thoughts. So you have the bad thoughts, all the things, I'm incapable, I'm insufficient, I don't know what I'm doing. You have all those bad thoughts, but then you have good thoughts that you got to lasso, and you got to bring it in, and you got to tie it up and make it obedient to Christ. You know, those good thoughts that aren't natural, how come bad thoughts are always natural for us? I don't look good. You look in the mirror, what do you think? Ugly, Right? Why is that? It's, it's normal. It's common. But we have to learn how to capture the good thoughts. You know what the good thoughts are? With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Can you imagine if that was the filter through which you moved and talked and acted out? I mean, come on. Everything. Oh, it's impossible with man. It's possible with God. How about this one? Um, I, my we, in my weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Isn't that beautiful? So that when you're the weakest point, when you're the most vulnerable point where you think, I don't have anything to give, perfection. That's exactly where God wants you. Because that's when he can step in and do his thing. Um, I love that uh, this one, he, gave, he get, doesn't give us a spirit of weakness, but gives us a spirit of power. Come on. In every situation, we are to move in that. It's in Christ I can do all things who, through him who strengthens me. In Luke chapter 18, verse 27, says that Jesus, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. So we got we to gotta maximize these moments by capturing those thoughts and making them obedient to Christ to say, I will think this way. I will make the most of this moment. I will not shy away. I will not back down. I will not be silent. But I will go for it in the name of Jesus because it's not in me. It's in God. It's in Christ that I can get it. I can get it. We have to, we have to make a decision. Are we going to maximize the moment? Or are we going to miss the moment? Because those are the two options. You either miss the moment or you maximize the moment. And so you have to go for it. And, and uh, we're, we rode the train the other day. We were riding the L and the Norristown high-speed line. And because... We are looking at getting the Tower Theater, you know, to meet for change services. Uh, so we're trying to maximize the moment, right? Because we have this epic location, this venue that is just on the, it's right where all of the connecting, you know, transportation lines come. And so we're trying to maximize. We're like, hey, we're going to do whatever it takes to get people into the presence of God, right? Because as Zion says, we're going to fill the tower with power, okay? 
We're going to fill it with power. It's going to be the lighthouse into Philadelphia. People are going to know the tower. They're going to say, something's going on in there. And we know that. So we're going to do whatever it takes to get people in the presence of God. If that means buying everybody's train ticket, if that means finding out where those locations are where people can come, we're going to do it. We're going to do whatever it takes, and we're going to get people into the presence of God. So while, while we're doing that, um, we were riding the Norristown uh, high-speed line up to Norristown, and we're standing there, and we're on our way uh, to go get some grub in Norristown, and we hadn't eaten all day. So that's setting the presence for what's going on, okay? And then there's this kid standing right next to me, and I just feel a tap on my shoulder. It's the Holy Spirit. And he says, I want you to start a conversation with him. He needs you right now. And that was it. And it was one of those moments, you know. And I have a love-hate relationship with opportunities. I have a love-hate. Because I love them. I pray for them every morning. I'm like, God, give me opportunities. Pour it out. Jesus, you're just going to do great things. But then the hateful part is the time period that he chooses to do it. Does anybody else get so hungry, you get angry. And I try to hide it. I really do. I hope I hit it that day. But I, I, I get hangry. My wife always says, you're hungry. You need some food because you're getting angry for no good reason. You know, I was hangry. And I, I had an argument with God. I'm like, God, no, I don't want to reach out right now. Can I just get some food in me first? Right? I just need some food. I don't, I don't feel like talking to nobody. I don't want to do that. Um, and so I'm having this argument with God. Well, in the midst of it, this kid uh, starts to walk off the train. And he gave me a look. And you know what it took me back to? Zach. It took me back to Zach on the playground, looking at me saying, I need your help. I was like, God, I missed it again. And it, it totally... It totally gave me a little more empathy for Peter is when he said, God, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. To death, I will follow you. You name it, we're going down this path together. I mean, that was Peter's attitude. She's like, no, you're going to deny me. I will not deny. Have you ever been that? I will not. I will not give up. I will change this city, right? We're bringing change to the city. And then God gives you an opportunity and you blow it. And it was that look. And I got that look, and I'm like, I, I totally understand what Peter went through when Jesus walked and gave him a look like, I told you, I told you. And sometimes we miss opportunities when we could have maximized those opportunities. But we have excuses, don't we? We got excuses. And, and in, in Luke chapter 9, verse 57, as Jesus walking with his disciples, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, you don't understand what you're saying because when you follow me, there is no stopping. You know, it's a nonstop. It's an all committing. It's a come on as you are, but let's go all the way. And Jesus was, was cautioning him with the cost at which he was following him for. And see, we have to understand the cost when we say these things. You know what I'm saying? You have to understand the cost of what you're saying to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I'm all in. I am going to go to the ends of the earth for you. But you have to understand the cost with that. There's no stopping. And then Jesus says to another man, hey, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first, let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. 
Now, what was Jesus doing? Because it sounds heartless, doesn't it? But he was saying, hey, listen, there are things on earth that make sense in our brains of what's important. But the kingdom of God is the most important. And so when you're weighing the two, you have to understand what's most important in your life. You have to take precedence for the things that are of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Yo, my mom, my dad, my uncles and aunts, you know, we're Italian. We got this thing going on. So I need to go back and say goodbye or my mom's going to disown me, you know. And he says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Either you're all in or you're not. You know, and there, there are some of us on this team even where you're like, you know what? Change is a great idea. It's a great concept. You know, I want to get involved, but I'm just busy right now. And that's okay. That's okay. But there are some of you that say, I'm all in. Roll up my T-shirt sleeves. Let's do this thing. Let's dig until we're done because we're changing this city. And you're grabbing the bull by the horn saying, let's go. Let's make the most of this moment. What are we waiting for? Let's ride the L. Let's do this thing. And let's do this right. And, and excuses are funny because excuses, and I want to make sure to get this line right because it, it just kind of put me, but excuses make you an expert in exemption, Okay. When you start to make excuses, all of a sudden you become the expert of exempting yourself out of what God wants you to do. Well, God, don't you remember what happened to me? God, such a kid are calling me to do that. Well, God, don't, you don't understand. Don't you know my weakness? My weakness is speaking in front of people. God, my weakness is talking to new people. You're calling me to do what? And they make you an expert exempting yourself out from God. But if you can turn that around, if you can turn it around, you can exempt your excuses to make him the expert. And that's the thing. If you can exempt your excuse and say, uh-uh, no more with the excuses, all of a sudden you know God's the expert and he's the one that's working through you. Because let me tell you, there is a world that is waiting for you to show up. There's somebody at your job that's waiting for you to show up. Because you hold inside of you the kingdom of God. And where you show up, things have to change. You got the authority of Christ in you. And I don't know what motivates you. But what motivates me is Zach. And that guy on the train. Give me that look like I can't miss out on that opportunity again. God, don't let me miss out on speaking into someone's life again, standing up for the helpless, uh, being the one that pours their life into those that are hurting. Don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it. Let me make the most of this moment. So I was at a, a birthday party, Aiden's to be exact, and he brought out his Heelys. And it brought me back to the day, and I started teaching him how to Healy because I was an expert back in the day. And so I got my Healy's, and I still have them. They're really cool. If you don't know about Healy's, you need to, okay? Let me give you a little lesson here for a second. But they have these wheels. I'm an expert. Ooh, that's cool. It's got a fun little sound to it, too. So Healy's are made 
to glide. I mean, these things are fast. They have bearings in them, and they spin. This one sounds kind of funky, but usually they're, like, really smooth and glidey. But you can walk in them. It's possible. You know, you can use them as shoes. And that was the cool thing back in the day. It was like you always looked under everybody's shoe to see, do they got a wheel? Because then they're really cool. Then they have a choice. But you can clunk around. I mean, it's not the most comfortable walk. You wouldn't go hike the trails in these. But you could walk. You could make it happen. You know, if you run, you might slip and fall. But, but they're made to glide. Okay? Oh, I love healing. I should have practiced beforehand so I don't fall. They're made to glide. And see, this is how we treat our walk with God is we walk around clunking, saying, God, I'm not good enough. God, I don't have the words to say. I don't have the things to do. And God says, look down because I've actually made you to glide. And I've given you everything you need in order to accomplish what I've called you to do. You know, it's like we talked about everything in his hands becomes everything we need to accomplish everything he calls us to. And we're made to soar. And yet a lot of us are walking. I'll get there. I'll get there when I get there. You know, I'm just super busy right now. I've got a lot of things going on in my life. I'm just not good enough because I'm clunking around in my heelys. And we're using the gift that God has given us, these moments, to maximize them. We're missing them all over the place because we're like, I'm not fast enough to do that one. I know I'm not fast enough to do that. Well, I'll never keep up or catch up with that. And so we miss out on the amazing adventure. Because when God gets in you, all of a sudden you start soaring. And you know what else happens? You start looking for opportunities, right? Because you're like, I know what I got. I got God on my side. And with God for me, who can be against me? And so you look, oh, there's another conversation over there. And you start, you know, healing over here. Hey, man, what you need? You need something in your life? I got what you need. You know, and then you see another one over there. And you go, oh, man, Mark, you're, you look like you're having a bad day. How you doing, man? You, have, you okay? Let me pray for you, dude. Hallelujah. You know, and you're just doing your thing. Because all of a sudden, you know it's not on your power. It's what God gives you to soar. It's not in your own hands, but it's in what God already put on you to soar. He gives you everything you need, everything you need. Don't you love that about God? Is that he doesn't just call you, he equips you. I love that. He doesn't just call you, he equips you. And that's what I think about with my children. I don't just tell them to do something. I know they have the ability to do it. Even though sometimes in their brain they're thinking, Dad, you're calling us to clean the entire toy room but I know they're capable but in their minds they're like this is huge you know let's build a wall so we can't even see the toy room you know but you know that the Bible says that God's thoughts are incomprehensible for our minds and that's what I always think of is that when I'm up against my biggest fear, and I think it's way too overwhelming, I have to think God's thoughts are even a million times bigger than what I have going on. And so what I think would be an epic fail is just a blip on the map of what God has in store for me. I might look stupid. That's a blip. Because God wants to absolutely revolutionize your life and use you in ways that you never dreamed that you could be used. He wants to use exactly what you have in your life right now.
not someday. And a lot of us think, oh, someday, when I graduate, someday, when I get a new job, someday when I have money, I'll start being generous, you know? And it's like, if you don't use what you have in your hand right now, God will never bless you as something else that is to come. So we have to maximize our moments. We will make the most of this moment because this is where we are. And every one of us, this is what I love the most, is every one of us have a specific moment that we're made for. And you're living it right now. So what will you do? What will you do to maximize your moments? Would you just close your eyes with me? And I just want you to picture right now, because you, you, got, you got your life going on. It's huge. It's fast. It's, it's, going, it's going places. And I want you to just ask God right now, and this is my, my prayer, is that, that God shows you the moments. God shows you the opportunities at hand. He shows you what you're supposed to be doing. Because a lot of times we miss it. A lot of times we're not looking, we're not paying attention. There are a lot of times where I'm doing something and I'm focused and all of a sudden I'll hear Ashley shout, are you even listening? I'm like, I'm sorry, babe, I was, I was actually focused, I was really focused. And I wonder if sometimes God's trying to get our attention and we're so busy doing what we think we should be doing. And finally he just says, are you even listening? I have a plan for your life. I want you to be accomplishing so much more than what you're, you're settling for. So just take a moment. I want you to just picture your moments. What is God calling you to do right now? What's God calling you into that might be uncomfortable for you, might be a little bit out of your comfort zone, but, but God is drawing you. He's pushing you. He's challenging you to say, I have this in store for you, and I will come alongside of you and make you glide. I will make you soar. I will be your God and be your strength in the midst of your weakness. When she just pray and say, God, give me that moment. And God, let me make the most of these moments. Let me make the most of these moments. God, we love you so much. And we thank you for trusting us with your precious people, with those that are lost and searching for something. And God, you trust us. God, I don't know why. I've failed you so many times. I've missed the mark so many times. And yet, God, you trust. You trust us. So, God, we pray that as a team, we would not only take advantage of those moments, but make the most of them and pour our lives into these you have blessed us with. We love you, Jesus. And we trust you, God. You're amazing, Lord. You're amazing, Lord. So you know my prayer for you is this, that this week and next week and this month, that God opens your eyes, that you see the Zacks, you see the kids on the trains, you see the opportunities to pour yourself into somebody 
to absolutely take advantage and make the most of the moment. And I hope it rises up in you to where you just start jumping or shaking or something and you're just like, I'm going to make the most of this moment, you know, and you just go nuts on it. You don't just be there present, but you take hold of it and take ownership of it and let God use you in a mighty way. Man, I'm excited for this this season that we're in and where we're headed. And I'm excited for you because I know that God has so much more for you than you could ever imagine and you could ever comprehend. And what we think is good right now ain't even close to what he has in store. Ain't even close. Doesn't that get you excited a little bit? I mean, you think of what's good and God's even further ahead. He's like, catch up. You don't even know. You're getting blown away at that stuff. (laughs) Just wait until what I have for you. I'm excited. Um, I want to preach us that glimpse, but I was thinking about the, the year of Jubilee just to uh, kind of pour a little tidbit out there because I'm just so excited about it. I can't wait. Um, but I was reading the scripture about the year of the Lord's favor, the year of Jubilee. Y'all know about that? It was last year. And we we're all excited about it. You know, we read it at the power place and we we're like, okay, captives, no more. This is the year of Jubilee. Rock on. And uh, as I was going back to it and still processing through it, um, it gets to the part where it says, I will proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And God spoke to me. He said, it's not a man's calendar that I go by. It's actually you proclaiming it. That is what the year of the Lord's favor means, not on a calendar. You don't have to wait 50 more years in order to accomplish this again. I give you the ownership and authority to proclaim this into your city. Because I was thinking, I was like, why is 2017 even better than 2016? I thought 2016 was good. And this year is rocking it. And God was like, that's because you're proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Everywhere you go, you're proclaiming it. Saying, hey, guess what? I know around you, it doesn't look that great but I am doing something great in this city. And uh, I want to encourage you with that, that as you see people this week, as you pour into them, speak the Lord's favor because you walk in that and you're claiming it and you're going to claim it for others and you're going to claim it for your life and you're going to claim it for your family and God's going to do amazing, mighty things and, and uh, I'm just excited about it. Man, I'm stoked. Woo, I'm ready. Let's do this thing. 2017 is going to be the best year ever. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, let's pray. God, I love you. And as we go into uh, this time of belong, I pray that you just bless our team as they learn and grow. And I pray that you'd bless these that are are, uh, coming on board. And I pray that we would just get into your presence and get all that we can out of you. We love you, Jesus. And we don't want to waste our time, but we want to dive in to what you have for us. So God, teach us. We are never, we have never arrived, okay? We are always learning, always growing. And so, God, we pray that you just help us to learn, help us to be lifelong learners. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.